0: Welcome to Innovative Legal Leadership, the podcast where you'll hear from the world's most innovative general counsel and their leadership teams for their insights into the running of a Fortune 500 in-house legal department. The challenges, the wins, the roadblocks, the journey to date, and most importantly, what lies ahead. Let's get into the show. Hello, listeners. In today's episode, I'm speaking to the delightful Tammy Moss-Finley. Now, Tammy is the Executive Vice President, General Counsel and Corporate Secretary of Advance Auto Parts. She's been at Advance Auto Parts for over 20 years. And when she started, she didn't start in a legal role. She started as the VP of Human Resources back in 1998. Even though she had a background as a labor lawyer, she came in as a human, head of HR, essentially. So it's a it's a fantastic discussion, a fascinating one. When she started, Advanced Auto Parts had, I think, 700 outlets. They have 5,000 now. So she takes us through that journey and took on the, the general counsel role and responsibility for legal in 2015 and has that to date. So... She also talks about the challenges that she sees in the legal industry. As usual with my guests, it's a fascinating discussion. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So in the usual fashion, sit back, chillax, and enjoy the episode. Tammy, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you on board. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you, Jim. I'm very excited to be here. This
0: is my fantastic. first podcast. Fantastic. Oh, it's your first podcast. Excellent. I've now had first. a couple. I've now had a few. But believe it or not, my first one was only last April, so um, uh, I'm not an old hand just yet, but um, it's fun. You're going to enjoy it. Now, Tammy, right now, you're the Executive Vice President, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary at Advance Auto Parts. You've had quite a long career there. You've been there for more than 20 years. Tell us a little bit about the Tammy Moss Finlay story. I'd love to hear about it.
1: Sure. Well, I, I laughingly tell people, you know, I've started shaving years off now, just like I do with my age, Right. Uh, but no, it's, it's been a great career in advance. Um, you know, I, I started out my legal career in, a, in labor and employment. I'm a labor yeah. and employment attorney by trade and worked at a firm for about five years. And uh, then really found that um, I went into practice thinking I wanted to be a litigator and believing that, you know, that's what I wanted to do. That's what you see on TV and the movies. Yeah. And that looks like the exciting stuff. We,
0: we love litigators. Um, we love litigators.
1: Yes. And, and that, yes.
0: that's coming from Montana. So, I, so I'm, I, 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 I'm a little bit partial. So
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, and I, what I found after practicing for several years is I really enjoyed the proactive preventative side of the practice you yeah. know I worked in a in a labor and employment defense firm. We represented a lot of great companies and clients, and I found myself drawn to the business side of what they were doing, to the human resources side of of you know many of the clients I worked with. I was interacting yeah. with the resources executives and Over time, I really became intrigued by that profession and by the idea of, you know, how do you put in place programs and practices inside a company that prevent the issues and the disputes that I was being called in as a lawyer to handle. And so I decided to make a change and uh, move into a human resources um, opportunity at Advance Auto Parts. Advance was a client.
0: Yeah. Wow. And that was back in 1998. So, your position there was Vice President of Human Resources. You didn't have a legal title at that point. So, presumably no legal role at that point. Is that right?
1: Well, interestingly, when I first joined the company, they did not have a legal department. Ah, Uh, The company was very small at the time. Well, not so small. We had about 700 stores and operated in about 17 states and outsourced all their legal. And so, when I came into HR, we did start trying to think about how do we establish and create additional functions. The legal department was one of them as the company was growing. Um, and so we soon thereafter, you know, added a legal department. But I would say in those early years, I had a little bit of oversight of outside counsel yep. that was managing labor and employment matters. Yep. Uh, but really, yes, spent the first 10 years of my career um, in, in human resources and running different facets of the human resources function.
0: And that interest just came from the early days as you, as a uh, uh, labor law. Uh, specials. Is that right? So you're more interested on the human side, presumably, than necessarily the battle. Uh, Yes. I I would um, say
1: looking back, I had no idea what I was getting myself into and making the switch because about six months into joining the company, we uh, announced we were acquiring another company and doubling the size of the company. And so it was off to the races from that point on. We were on a really, really large growth opening new stores, acquiring other companies. It was a lot of learning on the job from an HR standpoint. I, I, I sometimes joke and say, if I, if, if, they, if I'd known or if they had known back then the growth yep. curve they were having, you know, I'm not sure you'd have hired the person that uh, really did not have that much HR experience. But, uh, you know, I was a quick yep. study and had yep. some great people that I worked with.
0: <laughs> it's all about potential. For me, you hire for potential and you let the rest take care of itself. So when you started, you said 700 stores. Just give me a sense now of, of, of what the number is.
1: Sure, almost five thousand locations wow. across North America and uh, Puerto right. Rico, and uh, Virgin Islands. So yep. much much yep. much bigger footprint in yeah, Canada. And, the,
0: <laughs> and and the size of the legal the in house legal team now? So we have over thirty-five people in the legal department. a okay. yep. uh, yep.
1: mixture of attorneys and staff roles that yep. support the organization.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And I noticed, um, Tammy, that you only it was only in 2015, and I might have this wrong. So you correct me if I do, that the the um that the title general counsel came into your role. Is is that right?
1: That is true. I yep. so I spent the first ten years or so in human resources, and then yep. I moved over to the legal department as a labor and employment attorney, and spent several years working in that capacity as well as had some additional functions Uh, risk management at one point reported into me. Um, And then in 2013, our CEO at the time asked me if I would come back over and serve as the head of HR. And, I initially said thank you, but no thank you, yeah. because I loved my labor and employment job. Uh, it still would be one of my favorite jobs I had in the company. But over time, after working with him and talking about his vision for the HR group, I did make the move and left legal again and went over as the, uh, the head of human resources. And that was 2013. In 2015, our general counsel um, left for another opportunity, and I was asked to take on the general counsel role as well as the head of HR role, which I... I did for a bit and uh, had both jobs until about um, May of 2016 when we had a new CEO that came on board in 2016 and one of the early things we did was break apart the legal and HR roles
0: and I
1: stayed on the legal side and we brought someone else in to uh, head up HR.
0: And and tell me about the original thinking uh, about just leaving, um, well, putting both HR and legal with you. I know it was for a short period. Was that the, Tammy's capable, she can do it all? (laughs) <laughs> um, was that um, the kind of approach?
1: I would like to think that was the yeah. case. No, I, I think it was. I mean, the yeah. idea that I expressed an interest in picking up the legal side of the of the house. Yeah. Um, I think, um, and so I think we did go into it initially, saying thinking that I would I would continue leading both. I think what I probably didn't plan for or fully appreciate was also with the general counsel role comes. The corporate secretary role and working yep. with our CEO and the board of directors, and just how much time that takes. And again, about about six months into that role, we also had activist shareholder come into our stock, so that really heated right. up yep. the board work. Uh, yeah. So I would say it wasn't two jobs; it was three jobs. Yeah. And um, and so I think when our new, our current CEO came on board, he, you know, he said, you know, I'm not sure how one person can do all this. Do all and, that. Um, yeah. I agreed, and, and so, again, we, we broke it apart.
0: M- makes sense. So, so tell me about some of the earlier priorities in 2015 on the legal side, and then I'd like to kind of contrast that or you to contrast that with the priorities that you're seeing today in the legal function. How uh, What were they and how has that changed over the course of the last six or so years?
1: I would say when I first came in, you know, the company was was going through a bit of a tough time. You know, we were uh, shortly thereafter in the midst of a CEO transition. We had an activist shareholder sure. yep. uh, and, and, and a whole transition of our board. I think the company was not performing as well as, as anyone would like. And so yep. as a result, I think the legal team, you know, was a bit on the, on the defense. Undefensive, yeah. And it was, you know, it was looking for and, you know, responding to issues, helping still move the business forward. But it was a much smaller team. And I think my focus coming in was was certainly um, understanding how and and what capabilities we had within the group that could really help move the business forward. It was focusing in on the talent of the team, and, and yeah. I, I already knew from having been in HR that I felt we needed to grow the team, grow we the talent, more yep. resources. We were we were beginning to rely, I think, a lot on outside counsel, which is great except expensive. Yeah. and and so I would say in the early years it was making sure the workflow was allocated in a way that made sense to best support the business and you know building and making the business case for you know if i bring in more in-house talent i can i can provide a better quality of legal support at a at a much cheaper cost right. to yep. the organization at the time
0: yeah and just thinking about that particular priority and how that has developed over the the, the last few years how how do you feel about that has that have you kind of achieving the goals you set for yourself and the team there about uh, making sure the work is allocated right and that the in-house team is undertaking that role in the way that you envisaged it? Is it, take, is it slower than it you'd like it to be? Is it? Tell me about that.
1: I think the first couple of years, it was probably slower than I'd like because, again, yeah. the business wasn't performing as well. And yeah. we were and you we guys going were through some leadership changes. I yeah. think in the last two to three years, it's yeah. really ramped up. And I would say we're well on our way. Um, I get I get a lot of compliments, in, in particular in the past year, as we've grown the team and added additional skill sets and continue to develop our current team that we have I get a lot of compliments on, you know, you've built a really powerful team. And I take a lot of pride in that because I think we do have a really high performing uh, group of people. We now are focused. We just had our first all team in person meeting in about two years. And it was great in that meeting to kind of highlight accomplishments from the group see all the new faces and promotions that we've had within yeah. the team and growth. But then also, you know, we're still targeting where are those capabilities or skill sets that we, we feel like we still have a need. And, you know, we kind of approach that in twofold. One is, do we have people within the team that have an interest in growing their skill set and taking on a new area of responsibility? Or do we need to look at adding and bringing in new capabilities with new roles or new openings that we have for the year?
0: Yeah, and I'm going to double click a little bit on that too because get, getting a high-performing team, whether it's legal or any industry, that is the goal of any leader. So I'd love to learn about what, what, what have you learned or what do you think are some of the key ingredients in, in achieving that outcome of a high-performing, well-functioning team? What, what, what are some of the things over the last few years that, that have really worked for, for you and your team?
1: I think first it's stepping back and understanding, you know, what are the needs of the business and the company that you work in. You know, what are those yeah. legal issues that are reoccurring and regular such that you need that in house capability and skill set to be able to address them versus yeah. the things that happen every now and then, but I'm not gonna have them regular enough to yeah. really keep someone fully engaged all the time. So I think it's understanding, you know, the skill set that's needed. Then it's really building a team and, and letting them do the work that they do well and, and I, I think it's a, it's a combination of, you know, we're, we're organized by subject matter kind of function. So I have a real estate group, I have a labor and employment group, I have a litigation group and and letting them kind of run their areas as they know how to do. But I am very big on also looking at how do I, how do I pull attorneys into projects that maybe are not exactly in their skill set so they can get exposure to other parts of the business or other types of law and really grow and develop their skills. You know, a great example is um, I have one of my direct reports who leads our litigation team. He started out as a real estate attorney and his background, you know, really is real estate. But but to his credit, he he stepped up and said, Hey, I'd like to learn something else. Here's a need we have. We really need someone that can maybe come in and more more better organize our, our litigation management and oversight. And so he's now leading that that area, and, and actually now training his his replacement, if you will, and, as another attorney that's come out of another practice area and stepped yeah. into the litigation. So yeah. I think it's looking for those opportunities. And we're fortunate in the company that we are with projects and acquisitions and new initiatives, there's there's opportunities to give people work that they've not ever done before. I still get work that I've yeah. never done before yeah. and be able to grow like that.
0: And, and Timmy, me, I mean, I love that when we when you've got team members that are putting their hand up and saying, I'd love to learn that. I'm all in for learning something new that's going to help with the business because that, that kind of growth mindset and that um, I talk about being comfortable with being uncomfortable with um, something that you haven't tried before, but you're willing to learn the curiosity and, and, and you're willing to um, uh, build that skill set. I just think that is a superpower um, of, of anyone in the team the person mm-hmm. or the those that are willing to say, put their hand up and say that's a problem that we've got, I'm willing to learn a new skill um, because that yeah. and the confidence that builds too and because once you start working out that that you can learn that it's okay not to know everything at the beginning but that you know, that kind of growth mindset, then you're up for anything. And I uh-huh. just think that is, um, I think you're absolutely right to call that out because that is what high-performing, certainly my experience, high-performing teams, they are all up for the learning, the stretching themselves a- and being comfortable with uh, with trying trying new things. So I think, you've, I think you've absolutely nailed it there.
1: I think it's important. I think the other thing that I, I try to focus on is, you know, looking for how do you, when you have that team, How do you give them opportunities for visibility within the organization so other people see it? Um, So letting them work with C-suite leaders, sending them to the meeting in my place or along with me. And, you know, I I don't ever like a scenario where the CEO always feels like it's got to be me in the meeting. I want them to be comfortable that any one of my direct reports can sit in on that meeting and give them advice and counsel and it will be just as the same as if I'm sitting there. And yeah. I think that's something we've also worked on and achieved. And um, I think if you were talking to my peers, they would tell you that, yeah, there's, you know, any of one of my direct reports, they're perfectly comfortable subbing in for me. That's my goal. I'm I'm working myself out of a job.
0: Yeah. No, and that's, a, and just the empowerment <laughs> that gives to your team. I think it's fantastic because it shows, um, well, it shows trust. Uh, it shows belief, and you know, creates some white space around the team members they can grow into, um, uh, and certainly my experience is that that's what makes people thrive, um, mm-hmm. and that's what makes people step up and reach. So I, 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 I think that's fantastic. Talk about. Um, I, I asked before uh, a little bit about the current challenges. So today, what are the what are the top two or three top of mind issues for you? And the legal department and what you might be focused on, let's say in the next twelve or twenty-four months, to the extent that you're yeah, you're comfortable sharing those.
1: Sure. I mean, I think from a legal standpoint, you know, certainly as I think about that.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean I mean, I think my focus is probably more on the strategic enterprise risk yep. areas yep. And, and how are we positioning ourselves to be able to help the business, you know, think ahead and shore up within those those areas. You know, cybersecurity, privacy yep. is a huge yep. one. You know, as any retailer like us, you know, yep. you're continually growing your data analytics function and wanting to collect more and more data on our consumers, our team members, you know, yep. just so I can make good decisions yep. and, and position our, our services and our products for things that they they want and need. And that creates a whole host of, in some cases, known and unknown, areas of of legal risk. And so, you know, that's an area, for example, we have shored up. We just brought in um, a new attorney that works under our chief compliance officer on my team, you know, to really help partnering uh, probably closest with our marketing teams as they're growing, you know, their data analytics capabilities to make sure that we're protecting that data in a way that, you know, protects our customers. And and complying with all I mean, every state, practically every other week I'm getting a new state that's enacting a new privacy law. Yeah. And so yeah. trying to stay ahead of that, I never have been one to want a lot of federal laws, but I think that's a space where a federal yeah. privacy law might at the <laughs> D- end be more preferred than fifty different state level yeah. ones. We'll see. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, contrast that to five years five or so years ago where that simply wouldn't have been top of mind. Perhaps a bit more than that. But anyway, not top of mind because it, because we weren't in a position where we're essentially data companies, <laughs> and that's what's happening with you know huge sections of the, you know all industries right now. We are becoming mm-hmm. more and more data companies, collecting that kind of data. So, not surprising at all to hear that. I've heard that theme a number of times. And making sure you're protecting, of course, the most um, important thing, the privacy and data of your customers.
1: Right. So, I mean, yeah. I think that's a, that's a big one and in, in really, um, so I think through some of the others, I mean, when I think of the operations of the legal team, it's really yep. the talent. You know, talent retention. I mean, this yeah. this market we're in right now is is hugely competitive. It's is. I mean, I've I, I'm I'm not immune. I've I've had some folks who've been like, "Look, the recruiter yeah. told me, tell me the number, yeah. and they'll match it." And it's yeah. like that's kind of hard to compete with.
0: Oh, I tell. You, and, and you know, for for everyone listening out there, especially those that are perhaps um, earlier in their careers. Only one thing is guaranteed, and that is this that's not always going to be like that and the and the economy will at one point turn so it's been very buoyant, as we all know since probably two thousand and you know after the g f c and we haven't really seen a significant no. downturn, so there's probably a lot in the earlier part a lot of people out there with the early in the earlier parts of their career that haven't actually seen how difficult we can get so the only thing I, I caution with it to everyone, it's not always this good, <laughs> and that uh, yes, yeah, so, so j- just to remember, remember that. So
1: yeah, so I think it's I think it's trying to you know look at how do you how do you keep a team engaged yeah. and and develop continuing to develop their skill set. You know, we we are. We're a good-sized department, but we're still, in the grand scheme of a lot of companies, a small department. Small and so, department, you know, yeah. being able to try to continue to find those developmental opportunities, those promotional opportunities, and career growth options for for the team that's that's yeah. certainly a top of mind item. I mean, COVID certainly brought you know brought the challenges of how do you stay engaged and connected yeah. when everybody's working remote. I think our team handled that really well. And, um,
0: and when I think about that too, I. And just just retention. Thinking about what what people really care about. And what they care about is they want to feel a sense of respect, belonging, that they're contributing, that their voice is really heard, and that they're growing. Okay. Uh-huh. So those kind of attributes, if we can, and it doesn't it. Like anything, it's easy to say, harder to do. But those things—a sense of belonging, a sense of contribution, a respect being heard—and that they're growing. I think if if employers just focus on that, the job becomes a lot easier. And when I someone, think so. yeah, and when someone has that and then leaves that environment, sometimes you know to try something else and recognizes then how valuable it is. And at least you've been able to share that and, and and let people experience that. People don't forget. I think I've, certainly when I've had environments like that, I've never forgotten it. Um, so, I
1: would agree. I, yeah. I often tell the story. I think it's really important for folks to know where their part of, of the job fits into the big picture. Yeah. And I go back to one of my very first bosses at a law firm. You know, when he would sit me down and give me an assignment, he would probably spend 20 to 30 minutes telling me about the client about the yeah. case and about what he was about to ask me to do and where it fit in. And and that has really stuck with me because it suddenly makes what you're, you know, that research project you're going to do so much more important because I yeah. now know who I'm doing it for and why I'm doing it. Yeah. And and I think it gave a, a better output as well and so i think i've i've tried to continue that you know as as i've gone forward because i still remember and think of him as you know one of my best bosses because he did that
0: and and think about that that was only 20 or 30 minutes of his time okay Mm -hmm. and that might have 20 plus years ago but you still remember that think about the impact that that 20 or 30 minutes has and how many years and uh, so I mean, I think that's a fantastic example, and I always try to remember that, that my 20 or 30 minutes right now, you know, it might seem a bit painful, I'm busy or so forth, but the impact that it can have on someone else for that kind of period, I, I love, I've said, Tammy, I love those stories because it just reinforces to me how important it is to kind of pay it forward and to invest that time in those who are earlier in their career and, and the impact that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, on them, and then them paying it forward to people that they um, end up mentoring um, and, and working with.
1: No, I, I definitely remember it. He was a yeah. colorful boss, but yep. he, he taught me a lot. And That was definitely one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, j- just on that, any particular kind of mentoring moments, either that you've been the uh, the you know the the recipient of, or that you have imparted on others that that have kind of remained with you that have, that have stood out for you in your career
1: I mean I can think of several here in advance when I've been yep. here that you know um, have in particular business leaders that took me under their wing and tried to kind of help me understand the business I didn't grow up in retail so I came in you know um, you know not really as familiar with you know how that yep. operates certainly never worked in a company of this size and and over the years as we've whether it's in how we operated before, or if we're going down a new path or direction, I can think of certainly uh, two or three that were always happy. Again, as you said, to yeah, take the time take and the sit time. down over lunch or after the, a meeting had concluded and explain a particular facet of the business that maybe I didn't understand. It had nothing to do with the law. It was just wanting to make me a better, a better, you know, executive in the organization. Yep. When I think about myself, I, I don't know. I think one of the things that I've always tried to do when we have new people come into the group is because I've been around so long, I think I've got a pretty good view of how to get things done in this organization. Yep. And yep. so if, if anything, I don't know that that's a mentor necessarily, but when I when I meet with new folks and when we're onboarding them, or nice. if we've got a new leader, I offer you know to say, look. Yep. Call me, ask yep. me, you know, I can tell you how to get this <laughs> <Yeah>. done here. <laughs> and it's, it's not always self-evident. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So uh, that's something I enjoy, too, because sometimes in a big organization, someone new can come in and go, I, I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out what's going to be a big deal and what's going to be a little deal and how do i maneuver it and i was like oh come see me i can help you with that it's a
0: bit of a superpower actually tammy the person that just gets shit done that's a bit of a superpower (laughs) And if you're known as that person i I tell you that it's gold Um.
1: (laughs) we used to always when we would interview when i was in hr and we would interview field leaders for promotion into that vp role we would i would always ask you know Who's your go-to person in the corporate office to help you figure out how to get things done and get stuff through corporate? And you could tell those really good field leaders, they had figured out the one or two people— and yep. Had a connection and a relationship, and they knew yep. they they could call that person when they kind of ran into that sometimes yeah. corporate bureaucracy. They'd pick up the phone, and that was always a you always got a plus mark next to your name. Yeah, if you had no, two of those folks.
0: Because they end up then being the people that get stuff done <laughs> because they know yes. they know who to be speaking to. Absolutely. Stepping back a little bit and just talking a bit more broadly about the legal industry, are there any? What are the challenges that you see facing the legal industry? Today And perhaps anything that you're willing to predict might be a challenge in, let's say, in the near future.
1: So, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to talent again. I, th- I think yeah. I'm very interested as I work with and talk to a lot of the law firms yeah. um, about how their talent strategies are going to evolve. Um, yeah. A lot of the firms I've talked to are still kind of thinking they're going to have everybody back in the office every day. They, they're wanting to go back yeah, to I'm not you know, sure. the law
0: firm the way I'm not went. sure that's right, <laughs> I have I, to tell I've you. I've kind
1: of had some good conversations of, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. And yeah. I think if you take that approach, you're going to have a tough time attracting the talent you need. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how they need to... Adapt yeah. how they bring on board new lawyers. How you train new lawyers? Because so yeah. much of what we learn was shadowing and yeah. going with this, the partner to court yeah. and watching. Yeah. And you know that is harder to do if you're not in the office together. But I think they're going to have to adapt because I don't think the workforce is going to come back in five days a week. I don't want to come back in five days a week. Yeah. And um, and so that's going to be interesting. And then I know I've had conversations with several of the firms we work with around you know, their desire and need to grow diversity within their, um, within their firms. And, you know, the advice, if you want to call it that, that I've given them is you're going to have to look in different places than you've looked before. You know, if you've always gone to these five single law firm or law schools, you're probably going to have to go look at some others and you're going to have to, you know, think about what is the ideal profile that you're looking for because it hadn't landed you a lot of diversity to date. It's probably not going to in the future. You might need to make some adjustments, and that's that's not changing your standards. That's just thinking about things differently and and being open to a different mold or profile of what you think yeah. a, a first year lawyer looks like.
0: Yeah, and um, we, certainly the strategy can't be. It can't be. Do the same thing and hope for a different result. That can't uh-huh. be right. <laughs> and uh, it, it's funny you say that. It probably, I would, I would hope it's obvious to law firms that it is about um, going beyond where you might have traditionally gone to okay. recruit your talent and have a broader perspective, um, perspective about where that where that talent can come from. But I think you're spot on with both of those challenges. I think about that a lot too, just that the attraction, the training part, you're absolutely right. A lot of the learnings, certainly the learnings that I'd had would, was shadowing for a number of years. The partner that was in my practice area, listening to those phone calls, understand, listening to how he or she dealt with conflict and difficult clients and so forth. And So that is, I, I think that is a big, uh, a big challenge for us all, not just in law, I think even beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly in the legal industry. And I'm not sure there's an easy answer to that one.
1: I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. I mean, I think for our team, like I said, I think we adjusted pretty quickly. We've brought on board new attorneys during COVID and, and yep. they all have have gelled really well. Yep. Um, but most of the people we brought on board have been experienced attorneys. The part yep. where I, I think is going to be the tough yep. the tough thing to figure out is that that right out of law school, yeah. Attorney, how do you train an attorney remotely? I'm yeah. not sure how to do that.
0: No, and the reality is, we need different things at different stages of our career. So at the at the latter stages, when you've got the experience, you don't need to be in the office five days a week. But certainly in the in the earlier stages, my personal view is that the more time you can spend with others, your peers, the, but more importantly, seniors around you that you're learning from, the better. Mm-hmm. And I do have a worry that. Um, That part of the grounding, what I call a bit of an accelerant to your earlier learning in the career, uh, I do have a fear about what happens when that disappears or is significantly reduced. So um, as I said, I think you're right to call it out as a challenge. Speaking of law firms, Tammy, tell me a little bit about what what makes a good relationship with your law firms? Um, That's one question. And what do you not like? What are some of your dislikes? In the way in which, let's say, law firms um, th- are working with you, or, or perhaps more broadly, so what works well and what doesn't work so well?
1: Sure. Um, we have tried. I would say one of the things in the last, you know, five five years or so, we've tried is to to you know shorten the list of outside law firms we use. Yep. You know, so that we can have a list of firms that we have relationships with that know our business. So I don't have to educate you on the business every time I call that understand and know our team and that are a good culture fit with us. You know, yep. we don't like to spend a lot of money. <laughs> yep. <laughs> not that anyone does, but, you uh, know, not uh, that anyone does, yeah. I, I think it's the idea of, you know, we try to right size the firm. I, yeah. As I said in my team, I, I want a right sized, knowledgeable, trusted outside partner. Yep. And for certain work, that may be a local firm. For other work, it may be a national firm. Yep. Um, I don't like an issue comes up and suddenly we've got to spend several days scrambling to figure out who's the right firm to use. I I wanna have a good idea or at least a short list of firms to work with. And so I think doing that that sort of proactive work on the front side, I think when we do have firms that we have ongoing relationships with, you know, I enjoy that, you know, the ones that take an interest in our business, you know, that want to, you know, come and visit just on their own initiative and spend some time with me and the team, get to know the business, pro- you know, provide some training for the team. I, I think that's an expectation that, you know, if you're doing yeah. regular business with a company, you should be happy to come in and provide some training on hot legal trends and topics for them. Yeah. And our team loves it, you know, when that when that happens. I like a firm that is going to right-size the work to the issue. So I don't need a 30-page brief for something that's straightforward and yeah. just gonna pick up the phone and talk it through. Maybe it's yeah. a two-page email, yeah. you know, that you're going to send me. Yeah. So being able to kind of right size the work, right staff the work. I don't need yeah. a partner working on everything, everything. Yeah. you know, that I send their way. So I, again, I think it's a firm that takes the time to get to know the client, know our expectations, know our culture and and tries to kind of match that uh, match that well with us. And we have several firms like that, you know, that I can pick up the phone and bounce ideas off of and just kind of pick their brain yep. around issues uh, that we might be facing.
0: Yep, Nothing worse than the 30-page memo except for the bill that follows it.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yes, for uh, sure.
0: <laughs> uh, Tammy, I know, I know that um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is, is a topic dear to your heart and I know there have been some initiatives at Advanced advanced Auto Parts. Tell me a little bit about that and what um, what some of those initiatives have been.
1: Well, I think, um, you know, I I think more recently we've seen an acceleration in our focus around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And and I'm going to give the credit to our CEO, Tom Greco, when he joined the company in 2016, you know, he came, he was the CEO of Frito-Lay and from PepsiCo. And so he came with a, a background and a reputation yep. of being a diversity advocate. And he really brought that into our organization. Um, not that Advance didn't have it before. I would say there was a lot of good intentions and a lot of good focus, but he has really hit the accelerator and right. really brought a lot more action into that with his, his commitment. I mean, it, it really is that Great example of you know, you always hear people say it starts at the top,
0: it's top down. I, I gotta
1: say, this, <laughs> yep. this is a great example of what yeah. it does, yeah. And um, as a result, you know, we've invested in resources to help the organization better understand where we have needs and opportunities to grow diversity within the company. We've provided education and training for leaders top down. On, you know, things like unconscious bias and, you know, how to better understand and dialogue amongst ourselves. We have created team member networks, which I think were great. And I I appreciated when we started, but I will tell you, I totally underappreciated the impact those groups could have because they have really taken on a life of their own and they're, they're team member led. And the the events that they put on and the dialogues that they create
0: fantastic around, yeah. you
1: know, um, we try to celebrate the different months that come about right now. We're, we're going into women's, you know, women's yeah, uh, International Women's Day and, and Women's Month. We just celebrated Black History Month. And, and but it's it's more of bringing in educational speakers and creating panels where you hear your coworkers' stories um, that you didn't know before—that really, I think—are are suddenly resounding with people much more than they have in the past. And so, I think through that, we're really seeing results. We're seeing increased um, increased diversity in all levels of the organization, uh, not just entry level, but all the way up, you know, to uh, to C suite level. We've certainly seen it in our in our legal department, and as a result, I think that will pay back in you know how the business performs and how we. How we can better understand the the wants and needs of our customers.
0: Yeah, and, and Tammy, I love I love provide um, producing an environment and occasions and where people do get to share their personal stories. I think that is the most impactful the can the um, the connection that that um, brings within the organisation, both to the person telling the story and amongst everyone else. My personal view is that the, the, the story, the personal story is the most impactful and being able to have an environment where you can share those personal stories, I think that's fantastic um, and it does make, it makes a huge impact. I've seen it before and then suddenly that sometimes the light bulb just comes off that hadn't switched on before and it's the personal story that, um, that, that, that switches it on. So I think that's great. I've got some usual favourite wrap-up questions that I'm going to ask you, uh, Tammy. Uh, One that I ask is, what's the hardest thing you've ever done, personal or professional, that you're happy to share with us?
1: That is a tough one, I'm going to tell you. Um, um.
0: It always gives pause for thought, that one, actually. It's funny, you know what, Tammy? I sometimes ask that question in an interview. It's my favourite question to ask. And what I learn in an interview with the answer to that question, sometimes it flops, but sometimes what I learn about grit and determination and uh, um, someone tackling adversity tells me so much more than the 45 minutes that I'd spoken to them about earlier. Now
1: you're putting more pressure on the question. (laughs) You know that, right?
0: Not at all. Not intended at all.
1: (laughs) You know, I I don't know if I can come up with a, well, I can come up with a specific answer, but I'm not going to give you the example. I'm going to generalize a little bit, but I I think probably some of the hardest things for me have been in the roles that I have, obviously I'm often aware of more confidential decisions and things that are happening. And I think there have definitely been times where Maybe it was with a leadership change that I knew was happening and, yeah. and I understood why and was supportive of why, but yeah. loved the person yeah, that it yeah. was happening to. I think those have certainly been some of the hardest yeah. over the years where um, it's it's kind of that you know your job and your responsibility and you've, you've got to do it and it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes to disconnect from that personal or sentimental connection yeah. Yeah. to, um, to the person to it's the happening person. to, or, or the situation. So I, I would say I can think of a couple of those that were really tough, but, you know, I, I kind of look at those as my role was how do I handle this in a way that is going to be fair and compassionate yeah. and, and right for the person and for the business.
0: Yeah. Well, And Tammy, you probably won't be surprised to know that, 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 that is one of the Top three that I hear about: um, th- th- letting really good people go um, when the circumstances, whether it's economic or whatever it might be, people that you've built long relationships with that you that you care for deeply, but it's the right decision uh, for them and the organisation to part ways. That that never gets easy. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah. Um, Another favorite question I have, to, what have you spent too much time worrying about in the past, Tammy, that on reflection has not been time well spent?
1: I would say probably worrying about things I can't control. Yeah. Um,
0: that's a, by the way, wondering, that's, wondering my what's, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite. And I try to tell the kids now, the stuff that's outside of your control, there's no point. Worry about what you can control. So.
1: Well, I, I just think about the trying to think through what someone else is going to do, yeah. or what they're going to say. And, and and it's different from there's one thing about being prepared and strategizing. And yep. there's another about fretting over things that you can't control. Yep. And I think I've definitely spent way too much time on that. And there there's a point where you just got to go, let it go. Yep. Control what you control. Yeah. And it will all turn out for the best. And ninety nine percent of the time, you know that that works. Yeah. But that would definitely be one I think. Yeah,
0: and, and that and I talk about that one um, quite a bit. That if you can if you can teach yourself that early in your career, that mm-hmm. it's really important to focus on what you can control and an important skill set to let go of what you can't. Not in a way that means you're less prepared. That's not the point, but really be able to distinguish those two, what's controllable or not, and then focus the energies on what you can control, that can be a superpower because then there's you know, then there's nothing that gets you distracted. So anyway, one more question. Anything that keeps you up at night now, Tammy?
1: Beyond worrying about what's going to be the wordle of the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I I have become one of those people that wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, well, I'm awake. I could do the
0: Wordle. I'm like, stop no. it. That's
1: crazy. You've got to get
0: better sleep than that, Tammy. You really That's do.
1: Crazy, crazy. No. Um, you know, for me again, I I'm going to go back to the talent question. I think yeah. it's just continuing to 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 keep the team. I I have such a good team right now and and you know, any one of them going could could yeah. really rock that cradle. And so I think it's that idea of how do you, how do you continue to engage and, and, and reward the team that you have and, and keep them, you know, um, here as long as I've been. I mean, I, I never came here thinking I would be at a company the same company that long, but I, I always say it hasn't been the same company. You know, yeah. it's been growing, it's had variety. I've felt appreciated for what I do. And so I kinda look and go, how do I take those how same do you recreate things that, have that kept me here? Yeah. yeah. And 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 share them with the rest of the team. But um you know, that's 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 hard to do.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. One of those things, again, easy to say, hard to do. And on that note, Tammy, I'm going to thank you. It's been an absolute blast speaking with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into the show. For more, please subscribe to the show in your favourite podcast player. If you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please connect with me jim the host of the show via email jim at p-e-r-s-u-i-t dot com we'd love to hear from you